What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through some of the top buy low players heading into week seven of the NFL season. So these are guys that I think maybe they're coming off of bad weeks. Maybe they've underperformed the last few weeks. Maybe they've been a little bit banged up, but for whatever reason, I think these guys are being valued a little too low. And you know, before they break out, have a few boom weeks in a row, it's time to go out and acquire these players. So I'll be talking about five players in this video. If you guys are watching the video and you are enjoying the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you guys do have any fantasy questions, it could be related to trades, not related to trades, whatever it is, if you drop them down below, I will be responding to every single person. And then I do just wanna give an honorable mention to Travis Etienne. He's someone that I would be talking about in this video, but I do believe I talked about him last week, if not two weeks ago. So I've kind of already gone through the rundown, but I do think he is also a solid buy low this week. But jumping into the first player I'm really gonna be going into, it's gonna be T Higgins. And he's coming off of a pedestrian day, six receptions for 47 yards. But just in general, when we're looking at T Higgins start to the season, he's just been very, very unlucky. So he comes into week one, then he leaves early on with a concussion. So his numbers for that game don't look good. I think he had like two receptions for like 20 something yards. So he's not producing in week one. Then he returns, gives you solid production the next few weeks, but then heading into week five, he's questionable, kind of banged up. A lot of people, I mean, probably basically everyone, throws him into their lineup and he barely is even on the field. He's super limited. He's just not playing his normal set of snaps and just gives you an absolute goose egg in your lineup. Then with that same injury, he's coming in here to week six. He's a game time decision, warming up. He ends up playing and then he gives you this six for 47 yard uh, you know, stat line. He was targeted 10 times, so it didn't really seem like his injury was holding him back too much this week, but he just had a few you know, off things, leaving a game super early, playing in a game, but essentially not playing, just kind of burying fantasy managers. If you're taking out those two games that I just mentioned from his overall fantasy stats, this dude is averaging 17.4 points per game, nine targets per game, and 84 yards per game. And so that's nice from an outside perspective. I bet for some of you guys, if you own T Higgins, you're sitting there and you're like, all right, those are cool, but he's been in my lineup for those two weeks. But we got to look at the bigger picture here. These are not really controllable things. These are just random things that have happened. Any player could get concussed in the middle of a game. We could have any player be limited heading into the game and then they barely play. These things happen. The things that we can control are you know, looking at a player when they are at full strength and what are they doing when they are at 100%. When T Higgins is on the field and at 100%, the dude is an absolute stud. I think he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver when healthy. And I just don't think he's gonna be valued that way. I feel like people are probably looking at him in like the mid to high end wide receiver two territory. Because when you're just looking at his straight up point per game number, it doesn't look pretty because he has two games of basically no production. The thing is, he just didn't even have an opportunity in those performances. So like I said, I think he's a top 10 guy moving forward. When him and Jamar Chase are on the field together, their numbers are very, very similar. I'm obviously still going to be taking Jamar Chase over T. Higgins, but I think T. Higgins is a wide receiver one that you can get at a cheaper price. So, you know, if you guys want to like run a few wide receivers by me on, you know, maybe trading away a guy from your team, you want to see if I would take Higgins over them. If you comment that, I will be getting back to you, but I think he's definitely someone you guys should be targeting. Now, staying at the wide receiver position, these dudes are on the same team and it is going to be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think both are solid buy low options. They're both coming off of games where they underperformed. DK Metcalf, two receptions for 34 yards. 
was targeted seven times, which is uh, you know on the bright side there. Tyler Lockett, two for 17 on five targets. So both of them basically gave you nothing for fantasy. Both were very, very disappointing. And when we're looking at just an overall game script, this was probably like worst case scenario for the Seahawks. It was a game where they were leading for a large portion of it, but not a game where they went up a crazy amount, you know, where they were actually in position to have opportunities, score touchdowns, all of this. It was like a low scoring game where they were leading. So they did have control. And even in that type of game script, Geno still attempted 31 passes. If this was the Seahawks early on in the season, you know, coming into the season week one, week two, they are not throwing 31 pass attempts in this game. So for a bad game script for the wide receivers in the passing game, 31 pass attempts is still decent. And I think when we have to look at the Seahawks offense and more specifically Metcalf and Lockett, we have to separate their season into two chunks. The first chunk is going to be week one and two. The second chunk is going to be the past four weeks because, you know, we could talk about DK Metcalf's overall point per game number where he did nothing in week one or week two, but there was a drastic shift in this offense heading into week three where they started to up the pace and they put a lot more on Geno's plate and he's definitely come through for them in that spot. So over that four game stretch, this new look offense, we've got DK Metcalf averaging 15.6 points per game and then Tyler Lockett is sitting at 15.2 points per game. Moving forward, I think both of these wide receivers should be looked at as top 24 wide receivers. I think you could even argue top 20 for both of these guys. I think Metcalf, even though they've been pretty close together in production, I think Lockett may actually be averaging a higher point per game total over the full six games. I still prefer Metcalf over Lockett, and I think Metcalf should probably be locked in as a top 18 guy. As long as Geno can continue to produce I know we didn't exactly light it up in this game, but he was still competent at the quarterback position. If this offense continues to be solid, I think both of these guys are going to continue to eat. So if you're going to have someone who's panicking on Metcalf, panicking on Lockett, like I said, Metcalf's overall point per game number isn't great because he basically did nothing in weeks one and week two. Lockett at least had like an 100 yard game in week two. So his numbers are looking a little bit better. But we know Tyler Lockett is a very boomer bust option. It's possible Lockett was riding the bench for the first three, four weeks. Maybe, you know, a guy put him in last week, threw him in here again, and then he just totally busted in your lineup. Unfortunately, that is the Tyler Lockett experience. But, you know, if you're willing to, uh, you know, put up with that uncertainty, I think he's a solid pickup or a solid trade asset. I think both of these guys we should be looking to go after. Now, shifting over to the running back position, I'm going to be talking about Raheem Mostert here, and I think he's a really, really strong buy low. He dominated the opportunities for the Dolphins once again, and he only put up 5.8 points. So this is what we're looking for in buy lows. Usage, but not necessarily getting the overall fantasy production. Raheem Mostert checks both of those boxes, and he had a solid opportunity share coming in with a banged up knee and in a game script that, you know, really could have pushed them to give Chase Edmonds more opportunities where they were basically, you know, down the entire game. So Raheem Mostert with his injury still has a 62% snap share, 51% route participation. He took 82% of the running back carries, 14 carries, two targets on the day. And I don't know if you guys have heard, you probably have, Tua has cleared concussion protocol, so he is slated to return in week seven. This offense takes a huge step forward with Tua in the lineup. He's clearly the best option at quarterback. You know, I know he's a controversial player. People think he's great. Other people think he's terrible. You know, wherever you fall on that, I think everyone can admit that Tua, you know, definitely elevates this offense. 
They're going to be a much better unit. They're going to be a more high scoring unit. And if Mostert can hold on to this workload that he has kind of carved off, he's, you know, phased Edmonds out. He's taken a pretty strong share of this backfield. If he can keep that workload with Tua in the lineup, he's a locked in running back two moving forward and probably like a mid-tier to high-end running back two. Not saying he's locked in there rest of season because there is uncertainty, but on a week-to-week basis, as long as he maintains that, you know, those opportunities, he's going to be somewhere in the running back 20 to running back 14 range week-to-week. So I think he's a guy that you definitely should be going after and is probably going to be very undervalued. But if he goes out next week, has that same 14 carry, a few target game, but he gets into the end zone, rushes for 70 yards, adds 20 yards through the air, his value is definitely going to shoot up and he's no longer going to be a buy low. And then the fifth and final player I'm going to be buying low on is going to be Darren Waller. And if you have Darren Waller on your roster, he has been wildly disappointing over the past four weeks. So week three and week four, he plays, just doesn't really give you anything, 5.2 points, then 5.4 PPR points. Then in week five, he goes out, he logs eight snaps. So he's in your lineup because he's healthy. He logs eight snaps, leaves with injury, doesn't return. So it gives you nothing in your lineup. Then week six, he's been on a buy. I would definitely say it's pretty rare for me to be talking about a buy low of someone coming off a buy week because normally we're buying low on someone because their performance is low. But I was just looking at this whole situation for Waller. And if you have a player who's given you nothing for three weeks, you're expecting to rely on them and then they have a bye week. I feel like all these steps are kind of compounding, you know, like the bad performance, the injury, the bye week, all these things come together. And I'm pretty sure the Waller owner in your league is probably pretty fed up with him at this point. And like I mentioned, like Waller's someone who should be a locked and loaded tight end one with a lead upside. He has not been that so far this season. So I do understand maybe you're skeptical of buying low on him because it's possible this hamstring injury lingers. I think Darren Waller is definitely a buy low for more of a winning team. So a 6-0, 5-1, 4-2, a team that can take on a little bit of a risk to, you know, kind of bump their ceiling long term. But I still think Darren Waller is going to be a consistent mid-tier tight end one play. I know the position is gross. I know he's been bad. I still feel like this Raiders passing attack is going to be solid. And we know that Darren Waller is a very talented player. So I think he can be a mid-tier tight end one rest of season. And he's also been a guy who's had an elite ceiling in years past. So we know that is in the range of outcomes. Not expecting it with Devontae Adams there, but we just know he is a talented player because you can't just luck into a high ceiling tight end season. So I think he's a great guy to go out, try to buy low on. This could be by maybe trying to get someone in that like tight end 8, 9, 10 range, maybe a guy off waivers who's been overperforming. I truly think people are going to be desperate when it comes to Darren Waller. So just throw out some offers. I think you guys would be surprised how willing people would be to trade off of him given his rough start to the season. So those are my five buy low players. We had T Higgins, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Raheem Mostert, and then Darren Waller. Some guys spread across three different positions. Let me know what you guys think about these buy lows. Any trade offers, any questions, drop them down below. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. You can also go check out my uh, sell high players that will be posted today. And then also my waiver wire video is also up. But as always, thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.